Hey folks, it's Lily. Quick announcement. Making this show is so fun and exciting for me that I decided to start another show. Radical Advice is a weekly advice show mixed with socio-political commentary, education about the human psyche, smashing the patriarchy, and a whole load of resistance. But, you know, not the kind that therapists like to complain about. You can tune in live Tuesdays from 10 a.m. to noon beginning June 27th on San Francisco's coolest internet community radio station, BFF.FM. If you can't listen at that time, don't worry. You can listen later in the archives. Visit RadicalAdviceShow.com to send me your questions anonymously, and me and my guests will help answer them on air. And follow Radical Advice on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date. You can even join the conversation during the show by tweeting at us. Okay, that's my plug. Can't wait to hear from you. Admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course you do not do this out loud. Otherwise, someone would call the cops. Still, though, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye that is always saying, with that sweet moon language, what every other eye in this world is dying to hear? We just thought it would be easier by now. <laughs> we wish that we had the confidence and the hopefulness of our 20s, but now that we're in our 30s, we it's just more disappointment. Just better. <laughs> Sorry, this is oh, depressing. <laughs> what, wait, what online dating device did you use? Let's just let's just say we used our phones. You know what I'm saying? Let's just you know this would be very vague, but very familiar for all of us here. We all know them. Hi, I'm Jessica Brown. And I'm Lily Sloan. And this is A Therapist Walks Into a Bar. A podcast that brings therapy to you. So Lily, are you ready for this episode? Uh, We're going to talk about dating. No, I'm good. Come on, be brave, Lily. This is really important. And I'll hold your hand. Oh my God, fine. What about dating, Jessica? So I guess it's more about the problem of dating. More like the clusterfuck of dating, right? I mean, I guess we should just start with some of the most obvious problems. She probably received like 25 to 30 dick pics per week. I just looked at 300 profiles and I swiped left on 299 of them. And I've, I've gotten like, oh, you're the exotic Latina. And I'm just like, no, I'm just, no, there's a lot of... <laughs> We're a Mexican. There's a shit ton of us here in California. Not exotic. Calm your ass down. Online dating fatigue is a very real thing. Um, you can Google it and you'll see people writing about it right and left. So wherever you go, they're just throwing dicks at you. Dicks. You know what I mean? You know. And just hope that you catch the right one. It's like, wait a second. It can be frustrating. It can be overwhelming. It can be fraught. Especially in this area, finding a black man that wants to date a black woman is very rare. It can be a really shallow space. People become able to spend a considerable time with somebody and you know share secrets or engage in physical intimacy without actually ever becoming emotionally invested. And some guys are just dicks. Like... <laughs> At the end of the day. <laughs> okay, who's gonna send me the DTF text tonight?
<sighs> There's a lot there. Dating can be this overly complicated, painful, confusing, ungrounded whirlwind. Yeah, and we haven't even covered some of the other issues like ghosting. Or biological time pressures for women who want to start families. Fears around committing or being rejected. The more time you spend being single and dating, the, that means the more time, the more times you will have been burned. And then the more times you have been burned, often people start building protective shells around themselves and hardening. And they, I think somebody once said to me, and I thought this was really on point, he said, as we get older, sex becomes easier and intimacy becomes harder. I've, I've seen that to be, to be true. People naturally just start protecting themselves. And I think it, you have to become more and more intentional um, about being open-hearted and being vulnerable and uh, being willing to have your heart broken again. Because the only way you're ever going to meaningfully and truly connect with somebody is through that openness and vulnerability. That's Eve Peters. And I'm the founder and CEO of WIM, which is a dating app that skips all the back and forth texting and sets you up for an actual face-to-face -face date right away. <laughs> I've said that. A, I've said that a few times. I see a therapist, and it's definitely been a recurring theme in my sessions. I actually don't consider myself any kind of dating expert. Like I consider. I had an amazing conversation with Eve, and she knows more than she's giving herself credit for. And like many of us, that starts with her own experience. Sometimes people go on so many dates in such a short span of time, and I, I've been guilty of this too, that it almost feels like, like it becomes a whirlwind or it feels like a, a habit. People are able to engage and kind of go through the motions, the sexual motions and the sharing stories and secrets motions and holding hands motions and doing activities together motions, I think without feeling. Yeah, I have felt that before. It kind of starts to feel like a chore. Yeah, and then it becomes so hard to remember what we want out of dating. There's this deadness to it until we stop and ask ourselves, what do I actually want? What kind of relationship am I looking for? I think we can unconsciously date because we think we're supposed to, but we end up sleepwalking through it. And even if we do identify what we're looking for... When we're actually on the date, we can forget ourselves. Lily's son is a therapist in San Francisco who specializes in working with singlehood. Dating in the Bay Area is really confusing, and we have a high confluence of lots of different types of lifestyles. Anything from open and polyamorous relationships, to LGBTQ issues, to sex-positive culture and kink and online dating and hookup culture, which is kind of just rampant here. So a lot of folks were getting out there in and trying to date, and it was challenging because it's not just you meet somebody and you go on a few dates and then, you know, you're in a relationship. A lot, there are just a lot of different types of lifestyles. Right. Like on one hand, you're actually more likely to get what you want, you know, if you ask for it. And on the other hand, there's no prescription for where dating should lead. So if we like someone, but they're adamant about having an open relationship, for instance, maybe we'll get ourselves all confused about it. I don't, I don't know what I want. Uh -huh. You think I know what I want? I think deep down inside you know what you want, but you just, you... That then. <laughs> <laughs> tell her, no, tell her. Really we need to know, know, right? We need to know. I agree with you. Because I, because I think deep down in you, 
you know what you want and you are very like strong single woman but when you start dating somebody else you start adapting to them and what they want versus what you want like you've always said like you don't want kids like you're not a well, kid I haven't person. always said I don't want kids but I, I like up and down with if I want kids or not but depending on but to, depending I don't know. but depending <laughs> on your partner it varies of what your answer is. I really want kids. You could be like, I can see myself with a kid. Okay, say the guy I'm dating now, he has kids. That's and that's very scary to me. Yeah. So I'm still I still don't know. I think something that gets in the way of knowing what you want in dating is when you feel a really strong connection or attraction to somebody and you just, for those more unconscious reasons, want it to work, you want to like merge and be a couple with them so badly that you start to sort of try to make them conform to what you want, or rather actually you try to make what you want conform to them. And the problem can be twofold. Is it that you know what you want, but for various reasons you put that aside? Or do you really not know what you want to begin with? There's perhaps this misconception about dating that it should all just be natural and intuitive and we shouldn't have to be intentional about it. We shouldn't have to spend time and effort to know ourselves. But I think, I think that you do. I think it's an exercise. I think it's deep work and maybe sometimes that work uncovers aspects of a painful past and so people avoid it. I think maybe some people don't don't know what they want because they're like afraid to really ask themselves that. Oh, I can really relate to that. It has felt safer in relationships to spiral into self-doubt and confusion instead of really saying, here's what I want. How does this line up with this other person? Especially when we know the answer to that question might leave us alone again. I think a lot of us are preoccupied with being wanted and being loved. We're walking around spending so much time and effort wondering, do they like me? What Could they love me? Am I wanted by them? And that also subsumes time and energy from considering what you want for yourself. Right. I think it's hard and very vulnerable to claim what it is we actually want and express it to a person you're on a date with. So... Then we adapt or perform because unconsciously we're believing that there's no way they're really going to like me, the real me. The thought internally and unconsciously is like, I'm not enough to get what I actually want. This contorting ourselves to get what we want is actually pretty fucked up, like for us and for anyone else involved. There's all these pickup artist techniques. There's all these tricks that you can use to catch a man and keep him um And there's all these experts, these dating experts out there that teach you basically how to manipulate the opposite sex into falling in love with you. And that to me is not partnership. So I'm Nate Bagley and I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. Nate is a love and relationship expert. He started a project called The Love Umentary, where he traveled all over the country interviewing as many madly in love couples as he could to try and determine what they did in their relationships that made their love so amazing. 
He also now has a project called The First Seven Years, which focuses on making the first years of marriage the best, which statistically are the hardest. My fa- One of my favorite relationship experts is named Alison Armstrong, and she talks about how in modern-day relationships, we, ob- we often make the relationship adversarial. An adversarial relationship in dating would be, what can I do to manipulate, convince, cajole, influence this other person to give me what I want without them knowing it? And I understand that there's laws of attraction and there are things, techniques that you can learn to be more attractive initially, but the farther into a relationship you get, the more you need partnership to be a part of that. And if you're constantly trying to manipulate your partner into committing to you or manipulate somebody into giving you physical affection or manipulate somebody into giving you constant companionship, trick them into it, guilt them into it, whatever it is that you use to manipulate somebody, it's a short-term play. What we really want out of a relationship is we want somebody to choose us. We want somebody to see us, including our faults and our shortcomings, and love us in spite of or because of those things. We want somebody that we can be vulnerable and our authentic selves with and have them love that part of us. But so so often in dating, we hide our true selves, we hide our flaws, we hide our insecurities, and we try and trick somebody into loving a version of ourselves that isn't the true version of us. And it becomes exhausting to hold up that facade. Like, it's ex- it's exhausting to be somebody that you're not for an extended period of time. So then if trying to be something else or pretending isn't going to bring us the real deal then how do we start to actually be ourselves when we're dating? That's scary. Yeah, it's really vulnerable. And there's just so much that gets in the way. Like, for instance, sexual and gender conditioning as just one example. But I think a good place to start is to kind of go back to our original question that was how do we figure out what we want and own it? So for so long in my life, until just a couple years ago, you know, when people would say, well, Eve, what do you want? What are you looking for? My answer was always an insistent, I just know it when I feel it. I was very feeling driven, very kind of intuition driven. And, you know, I was, I was single for five years in my twenties until I met somebody. And when I met that person very quickly, I felt like we had this cosmic soul connection and we did fall in love and there were so many beautiful things about that relationship. Um, so I, I don't regret it at all, but because I gave so much weight to my feelings, I think and not enough weight to my rational side that had a better understanding of, you know, what's a healthy dynamic and what's going to actually give me a whole and happy life with a person. I ended up engaging in a romantic relationship that that didn't serve me and it didn't serve him either you know i think we we were somehow this like perfect lock-in for each other based on freudian psychology and attachment styles and it was only after that relationship ended and i had to go through a lot of grief over the loss of that relationship that i finally found the space to start applying the more rational side and i um, actually like it was like a year ago uh, last summer randomly I was like on a plane to Berlin and I finally for the first time ever was able to write this list of like 10 things that are important to me in a relationship for me having that written document as kind of like a manifesto or reference guide to look to when I start to feel confused about whether somebody's 
the right person for me or not um, has been really useful. Yeah, and of course it'll be different for different people. Some people need help being more emotional than logical. But for Eve, she described how therapy and personal work helped her realize there was more that she wanted out of a relationship than just intense emotional connection. And by going through that grief, the learning about what she actually wanted was able to come through. Right. So some people make lists either physically on paper or, you know, more of a mental note of what those deal breakers or must haves are. One of the women we spoke with at the bar really blew me away with how she made her list and did not waver. If you try to package it in one person, you kind of start thinking like, I'm never gonna like, I'm never gonna find this person. It's so, I'm so ludicrous for even wanting all of these qualifications in a person. But for me, I just had to be very adamant about not settling. I was single for 10 years, I mean, it was just something that I was really serious about. Like, I don't want my, I wanted my second boyfriend to be my husband. And that's already ridiculous to put that on yourself. It's ridiculous. I mean, I held out. And my second boyfriend is my, now going to be my husband. Is So did your list change over those 10 years? No. And how did you develop that list? Where did that come from? It was, like I said, a lot of it was unrealistic, but it was just, things that I kind of pictured in my life like this is how I want my life to look like this is the type of person that I want and I just kind of never steered away from I would I mean the guys that I dated or slept with in between they were completely off this list but I knew the person I wanted to spend my life with was going to fit in the parameters of this list Granted, he's not 6'2", but, you know. Got he, doesn't hit every mark. he doesn't hit every bar. He's just a little shorter. Yeah. <laughs> he hits enough. He hits 99 out of the 100. He's 6'1 and a half. Exactly. <laughs> but standing by what it is you want can seem so vulnerable and risky, especially when it feels like it's not coming. I know. She waited 10 years. There was plenty of nights that I beat myself up and thought, what you're holding out for, it may not ever come. You know, what What your idea of this perfect man, like, you just see yourself running, you know, into the sunset with him living happily ever. It may never, ever come, but it was just like, I had to stop and be like, but what if it does? What if it does? Like, what, you know? And I was just always fearful, like, well, if I settle on this guy, then what if he's still out there? And then I'm like, dang, well, I'm with you, but, and you kind of suck. Were there points where you felt like it was okay that maybe it would never happen? Or were you like, no, this has to happen? No, there was, um, one, when I neared like 30, I was like, you might need to accept that you might be single for the rest of your life. And then I kind of was like, okay, well maybe I'll just be single. And I have to be okay with it because I was, I was, more okay with being single than spending my life with someone I didn't want to spend my life with. Wow. Yeah, it really takes guts. And it makes me think there's this podcast that I listen to called Dear Prudence. It's like an advice column, but the advice is so raw and so real. I just want the host, Mallory Ortberg, to hold my hand through Well, pretty much every day of my life. Okay. No, trust me. She is terrific. And so is her guest, Andrea Salenzi, host of the podcast YOY. So in this clip, they're addressing a man who wrote in saying he's been trying so, so hard on the dating apps, trying to meet someone, 
but all to no avail, and he's feeling pretty hopeless about everything at this point. And what they say to him, it just flies in the face of all that bullshit advice people love to give to try to make us feel better. Oh, like the there's someone out there for everyone thing? Yeah, or... Oh, the second you stop trying, it will happen. Ugh, okay, let's just hear it. Okay, so the first voice you're going to hear is Mallory's. I think sometimes with stuff like this, uh, advice can be a little pat. Like, you know, if you stop spending so much time looking for someone to date and you just focus on yourself, then you'll attract more people to you. And I don't want to tell you that because I just don't think that's true. I think it is worth spending time taking care of yourself because you are worth taking care of. And I, I would love to tell you that if you spend a lot of time being kind to yourself Um, having deep and meaningful conversations with the people that you love, building and nurturing your friendships, finding volunteer work that, um, you know, is meaningful to you and helps you feel useful and like you have a place in the world where you bring good into it, that then you will meet someone who is deeply attuned to to you. I cannot promise you that. But I, I think that whether or not lots of dating and romance is going to be a part of your life, I want you to have a life that you feel is worth living. I get so much dating advice all day long, and a lot of people like to tell me that I've been doing it wrong, that Hmm. uh, the most common thing I get is that I just need to settle more. Um, But it's not settling if you don't have anything to choose between. Right. The other thing that I get is um, that it's a paradox of choice situation where there are just too many jams on the shelf, and if I had less jams, then I would be better at picking jams. And I'm sure someone could say, why are you being so picky in your online dating life? But the thing is that this is a situation where the jam chooses you too. And it's sentient not, jam. right? And there's no no uh, advice really applies to that. And there's there's so much just luck and just sheer luck in it. I've learned to picture a future by myself and be okay with that. And I, I don't think I'd be able to, I don't think I could go on without being able to be okay with that world. Whoa. Yeah. When I first heard this, I was in tears. I just hadn't thought about it. I guess I kind of unconsciously assumed I was absolutely going to find someone. I had to. Yeah. But what they're saying, it feels like exactly what we have to face in order to cope with dating in a realistic way. On one hand, our friend at the bar was being unreasonable, like she said. But on the other hand, part of standing by her list of demands was facing and accepting the possibility of having to meet her needs alone. And she was being pretty real with herself about that. Yeah, it's so interesting to topple these ideas upside down. That we're somehow guaranteed a fairy tale ending, but maybe that fantasy in and of itself is one of those barriers to identifying and standing by what we want. And when we can let it go, we can live a more fulfilling life. Yeah. I mean, part of owning what you want may mean accepting not getting it or maybe not getting it for a long, long time. (sighs) And then we go from there. And then we go from there. So now what? I told you I didn't want to do this episode. This is exactly why. Well, we're getting to some good stuff. Don't give up now. Now I want to know, how do we date from this new place? What does that even look like? Okay, okay. I can't answer that, so let's bring back Lily's son. 
another way people sometimes get stuck around this is the belief that attraction is immutable, right? That, you know, that we're just attracted to whom we're attracted to and that doesn't change when that's not always true. I think one way to start thinking about this is to examine who you have historically been attracted to and starting to figure out what it is attracted you to them. What initially drew you to that person? How much of that was based on like cultural preconditioning about what's a, what attractive should look like? And that's whatever culture or subculture you come from, right? What are the real wants and what are the real needs? Yeah. If your musical taste is reflective of some deeper value for you, yeah. right? Like there's something about, like if music is so important to you that it is central to who you are, of course you want somebody who can understand that. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to, oh, you don't like the same band that I like. Yeah, so I can't date cool. you. You're not cool. Right. So like figuring out underlying um, values that are reflected in your wants and which ones of those are needs. So understanding what true desires and needs are below the surface level attractions. Eve talks about this, too. You know, unless you get really lucky, like your first few relationships probably aren't going to work out because you don't know what you want yet. For me, it's definitely been like piecing together lessons from prior relationships that's helped me understand, you know, for example, like a big thing for me is I want to be with somebody who's just easy to be with in the day to day. I think the, the best information we have to go on in terms of figuring out what we want is looking at our prior relationships and being honest with ourselves about the aspects of those various relationships that we that that truly enabled us to thrive as both as individuals and within the relationship. And from doing that kind of self-reflection, we can look at things we've been attracted to and say, yes, I want to continue to seek that in another person. Or, oh, actually, I can meet that need in other ways. Or... I think I want to work on this part of me more. I'm reminded of one of the people we spoke with at the bar and how able he was to articulate where his relationship desires come from. I think part of it is, is so I'm, when I'm not drinking beer, I'm a much more introverted, quiet person. And so for me, I think that drives the value of wanting one person that's more serious without having to really worry about or thinking about dating different people or and I don't really have the drive to meet a whole bunch of different people right this is a whole different depth of honesty in terms of figuring out can I be honest with myself not about not only about what I want but why I want it right trying to figure that out because when you're going out there dating the more clarity you can have around this the better your chances are finding somebody who is going to make you a good mate that way or mates the other Lily is right And that honesty might help us figure out more what to compromise on and what not to, because there will always be compromises. I looked at my handful of prior relationships, and even though I had really passionate and wonderful connections with some people who were a little bit more like hot-tempered, I realized that I'm the kind of person that's so sensitive that I just can't thrive in in a situation like that. It makes it to my list of things that I won't compromise on. That's Eve Peters again. And as uncompromising as she sounds, she also warns us of the dangers of perfectionism. What I seem to see over and over again is pairs of people who were vulnerable and trusting and willing enough, both of them at the same time, to work through the friction points. Like nobody's beginning is perfect. And I think a lot of people who are online dating are looking for something to feel 
and work perfectly right from the beginning, but the, the people who end up in successful relationships are the ones who don't need it. They don't need perfection um, from the get-go. They don't want to try to fit a square peg into a round hole. But at the same time, you don't want to be a perfectionist about it. That's going to be self-defeating. Nobody's perfect, and no two people are actually the perfect complement to each other. And sometimes when we go to weddings, I feel like there's like all these speeches about how they're so perfect for each other, and it feeds into this lie about romantic perfectionism, um, which doesn't actually exist. It's about people doing their doing the work for themselves personally and individually, and being willing to do the work together as a couple to get into something uh, successful. Right. Developing more capacity to tolerate anxiety and work through those imperfections. And of course, deciding what is worth compromising on and what just matters too much is a totally individual process. No one else can tell you. Yeah, for sure. But the reality is maybe we can find an amazing connection that's actually better than the fantasy. We just haven't experienced that or don't believe it exists. It's easy to get stuck hunting for a fantasy. Big reminder to everyone, this is not some perfect process that we eventually master. We're always learning more about ourselves and growing and changing. And if you're struggling, it doesn't mean you're broken and doomed and more fucked up than the rest of us. <laughs> nope, definitely yeah. not. This is the hard part is like, how, how does one be an expert? I guess by going through all this shit, right? Yep. <laughs> All we can do is continue to become experts on ourselves. Which is why, like this guy says, it's hard to give advice. I don't know. I have no wise words. You just learn from each one. So we talked earlier about knowing what you want, but I don't think we really said how. Like, if I'm just super confused and haven't thought about it all that much, are there some questions I can ask myself? Like, how can I reflect on this? Actually, Nate had some ideas about this. So getting clear on what type of relationship you want, whether it, do you want a, do you want a partner who's going to be with you for the rest of your life until you die? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to have uh, more autonomy and independence in your relationship? Or do you want to be the type of couple who does everything together? Do you want somebody who shares your religious beliefs or does, does that not matter to you? Do you want somebody who shares cultural beliefs? Does that not matter to you? Really understanding what your values are and what values you cherish the most and and finding somebody whose values align with yours. And that's a it's a really great filtering mechanism. It's a good way to to get rid of the of the people who aren't potential partners quickly. Yeah, that's a great way to start. Really thinking about the kind of relationship you want. Maybe not even long term, but just right now. And then thinking about your bigger value systems. This one guy at the bar talked about needing to be single between relationships for a bit to get in touch with who he is, independent of a relationship. Um, I had gone a number. Of, I went about a number of months to after my previous relationship to kind of just figure out who I was again, make sure be in touch with myself as an individual, which I think is pretty important personally. Uh, just to make sure you know who you are before you try to get involved with somebody else who who knows hopefully knows who they are. 
And another thought I had on how to start identifying what we want and value is by looking at our friends, right? Because I look at my friends and I think, oh, I love how I do conflict with this person or I love how playful I am with this one, etc. So this can be a great way to start identifying what we're looking for in a romantic partner because let's face it, friendship is a cornerstone to many great romantic relationships. Yeah, I mean, this friendship thing reminds me too that Dating can really pull us away from the things in our lives that bring us joy, you know, when we get too wrapped up in it. There's ways to make dating enjoyable and fun and interesting instead of just like getting dressed up in your favorite little black dress and hoping that he finds you more attractive than his last Tinder date. Yes, right. It can be more fun and enjoyable than we make it, for sure. I hope so. Come on, Lily. I think we're getting somewhere here. And there's more that we can do to approach dates differently and not get burnt out. Like, you should be preempting that kind of online dating burnout by dating in a healthy and sustainable way. So, you know, for some people, that's going to be one new person a week. For other people, that may be one new person every two weeks. Um, there's something about, I think, not making it, even though I admitted to sometimes making it an extracurricular activity, there's something to keeping space for you and the rest of the things in your life, um, above and beyond the space that you make for meeting new people, um, so that you can kind of enter each new first date, I think with like a clear, a clear mind and, um, and capacity to fully, see and accept that new person. I agree. I think that investing in yourself is actually investing in the relationship because it will bring you closer to yourself and what you want. And by engaging in the things that you're passionate about and having community and your friendships, you're going to be more confident and you're going to go into your dates from a much different place. Another part of dating dating sustainably is not letting yourself build up expectations of somebody and what it's going to be before you meet them. So, you know, not spending hours texting back and forth and stalking them online and imagining your whole life together and what, you know, what the Christmas card is going to look like. Oh, I've never done that. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. And then I think the next part is um, going into that date relaxed. You know, try to not put so much stock into, you know, what's this date going to result in? Treat that first date as though it's your only date. Like, it's it's not a means to an end. It's an end in itself. Well, that's a way better place to be in. Hearing Eve, I can actually even imagine this possibility. Like, maybe there's some hope. I'm becoming a believer too, Lily. That's it. It's just that easy, with only five easy payments of $19.99. Whoa, 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 whoa. That is way easier said than done. But I like it. Thanks, Lil. I think it takes an awful lot of support to keep up this fresh perspective on dating, because... It takes so much resilience, like, to deal with the rejection, the hopelessness, the fears, the anxieties, the I'm going to be alone forever feeling that just seems so intolerable and not okay. I know I can't just deal with all of that on my own. Nope. No way. What do some of our experts have to say about support along the journey? So I think it's totally valid to get to a point where you just need to take a break. 
And I think I think going on a, an online dating detox is a really great way to center yourself again and help yourself get focused on why am I doing this? Because oftentimes when we get exhausted or frustrated with something, it's because we forgot the why. I'd say some of the things that might help are going out and re-engaging in those activities that you find joy in and maybe reconnecting with friends and loved ones who remind you that you are cared for and you're worth you're worth it all on your own. Right. Those people who really show you that and let you feel that. When you're online dating, when you're dating, if, if the challenging feelings that, you know, come up and they linger or you feel that those feelings are important, it might be a good time to consider going into therapy, right? Where you can have a safe space to really talk with somebody who's understanding who can help you work through those things. Oh, yeah. We probably should have mentioned therapy. <laughs> but either way, yes, it is appropriate at times to take breaks so we can come back to the other stuff going on in our lives. And... If there's not other stuff going on in your life, then you know there's something that probably needs attention. Yeah, whether it's our passions, our careers, families, and very importantly, our friends. One of the best, every time we have one of these friends days, we're just out here celebrating just us all being together. So it's like there's always going to be some good drama. Like, regardless of these two separate relationships here or whatever. The five of us, this is this is our friends say. This is like, we're, we have a relationship with each other. So going back to that list, I can imagine it's something you could share with your homies too, right? Because they can not only hold you accountable to make sure the next person you're dating has the qualities that are important to you, but who knows, maybe they'll think of someone to set you up with. I'm just thinking about those women we spoke with and how they so lovingly challenged their friend when she said, I, I don't know, I know what, what I, I want. I think deep down inside you know what you want, but you just... you. Exactly. We've done that for each other, haven't we? Certainly have. So I'd like to end this episode on a quote that I think perfectly sums this up in a short, tweetable phrase. You with me? Um, okay. If you're not real with yourself and others, you're never going to find what you want. Wait, who said that? You did. Really? Yeah. What do you know? Thanks, bud. No problem, pal. Do you want to ride in my blimp, girl? Do you want to ride in my blimp? See the night sky in my blimp, girl? Do you want to ride in my blimp? Do you want to dine in my blimp, girl? Do you want to dine in my blimp? Red wine and some shrimp, girl? Do you want to dine in my blimp? This episode was produced by me, Jessica Brown. And me, Lily Sloan. Thank you, thank you, thank you to our experts, Nate Bagley, Eve Peters, and Lily Sun. For more information and links to the fascinating work that they do, visit a therapistwalksintoabar.com. Thank you to the brave strangers at the bars and to the bars themselves, Woods Bar and Brewery and Lost and Found Beer Garden, both located in, <clears throat> I need to do my Roman Mars voice for this, Beautiful downtown Oakland, California. Was that a good Roman impression? I can't tell. I just I just want it to be good. Lily, it's fine. I don't even know who that is. <gasps> anyway, thank you, Mallory Ortberg and Andrea Salenzi, for sharing your dating wisdom on the Dear Prudence podcast. And Steve Lichtai at Slate for permission to use that clip. The theme song is by Topher M. Lewis. The song you're hearing right now is by Louis Cole. And the rest of the music and sound design is by me. As always, please subscribe, share, sign up for the newsletter, and leave a review. You know the drill. We love you. We would totally date you. You're such a good listener. You're such a good listener. You're such a good listener. Bounce a bow wow. Bounce a bow wow.
I'm waiting, I'm waiting, waiting, waiting. I'm in a closet, meow. <laughs>